Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 29. You just got schooled. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us today from the Power of Change World Headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Fury, who's looking fly with his baseball hat. And, and, no more. Uh, Stop. Leather phone, iPhone case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought we were done with the uh, I can't, wardrobe updates. I can't. I, can't I like the title of this one today. You just got schooled. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We just talked about work a couple times ago. That's right. A little bit about Rotation. sports, recreation. Uh, today we're going to talk about education. So. Work, play, and school. Yeah, it's kind of our world, isn't it? Uh, yeah. With uh, our ages. Jesse and I are, I guess we're Generation X if we were to label ourselves with what uh, marketers label people with. You ought not do that, though. There ain't no Z people. There's people. Well, how you doing, man? You uh, hanging I, in? I'm good, man. You know, I'm tired. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm tired. And Because and, uh, of vocation, recreation, the, education. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and yesterday, it was real nice out. And uh, we had kind of our first time at home as a family in a while, and uh, we were having dinner outside on a, at a picnic table in our, in our, on our back deck. And uh, Dylan and Kelsey, shout out, uh, a couple, Bonhoeffer house guy and his wife live in an apartment in our basement. And they were outside setting up their, this tent that they were getting cleaned up and, and ready to go camping this weekend. And so my kids were all started going. They wanted to get in that tent. Can we... Can we camp out tonight? <laughs> and we've been promising them, yeah, we'll yeah. camp out this year. And, and Jenny and I looked at each other and we realized... We still want to sleep. This is probably like about getting t- towards the end of camping outside weather. Yeah, and we hadn't ever even thought about doing it. So on a whim, we said... Tonight's the night. Let's do it. And so we've got you know a little nine-month-old. And so Jenny got to stay inside in the bed <laughs> and listen out for her. And I slept on the ground. Hey. And I was just, I was up every like 30 minutes on one side going, oh, ow. <laughs> yeah, everything hurts. Ow. And then I roll over to the other yeah. side and sleep for 30 more minutes. Well, you're a good dad camping with kids. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever taken my kids camping. Probably won't. I, mean, I guess I do. We go, we go camping in hotels at soccer, <laughs> soccer, soccer tournaments. That's not camping. Yeah. It is for us, man. Okay. I'm a little less, a little less campy. We're city people. My, my, uh, my kids remind their friends all the time because we're, you know, Blacksburg people treat like it's like a metropolis or a the big of, city out here. Of, well, you're the one that told me I was coming to civilization it's the cos- last time it's I came It's cosmopolitan here. here in Blacksburg. <laughs> but, uh, my, my kids remind their friends at, at school all the time that they, they're city people and they didn't grow up in the country. <laughs> yeah, my my daughter woke up this morning. She's seven. And she's, I, she, I was, uh, she just said, oh, I love this so much. I love, I was like, let's go inside and eat breakfast. No, I just want to stay out here. Can I bring my breakfast out here? I love she t- did, camping. And I, I just was looking at her thinking. You're throwing granola to her why? and stuff. Why do you love this? <laughs> we could be inside. Just imagine she loved. I'm also a city person. That's what I'm saying. She, just imagine she loved it because she was with her dad. I'm sure that's the kind of stuff I yeah. talk. I, I mentioned before we started our podcast today that I like to overrealize in my own mind the influence I have on my children. Um, so we could just overrealize yeah, their, that's their right. affections for us. That's right. That's why they loved it. <laughs> well, Jesse, before we get to our discussion about education today, and, and hey, maybe maybe you have children, uh, maybe you are a children, uh, maybe you're an old person now uh, who is happy your kids are grown. Uh, but the education of the next generation is a massively important thing, 
and one that in, in our civilization, our society currently, we have choices about. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get that, we're going to hit our first segment today, Jesse, and this is going to be in or out. This is a segment that Jesse actually made up, so I'm going to hammer it on him today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's just five questions, very similar. I'm not springing these on you, so you have pondered them probably for a few hours at least. Um, But number one, in or out, and and Jesse and I have realized we have a track record going in on it, just about everything, but I'm trying to put... I'm going out on at least one today. I'm trying to put something on the list. All right, number one, homeschool kids are weird, yes or no? I got to say, when I saw that on the the questions, it feels a little bit personal because you know that we homeschool. That's right, I did know that. (laughs) And as we were sitting here preparing for this, my wife sent a picture of our three kids around the table my, uh, sorry, three of our four kids are three kids that are in homes, homeschool class, like a map of the globe, some pieces <laughs> of chalk. And <laughs> no, but my a six, lizard on the table. <laughs> no, they were making their own clothes. Reed, oh, there okay. You. <laughs> <laughs> sewing some long denim dresses. No, uh, no, but my six year old son, Silas was wearing, um, he was dressed up as French fries eating. Oh, awesome. I think maybe French fries. Uh, and so I'd have to say, um, homeschool kids are weird. I think, I think probably a little bit weird, but dressing up as a French fry and eating French fries, it, I, in my it's opinion, a different weird than that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a different. So when I grew up, homeschool kids were weird. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did like went to conventions or something with their mom to find their new math book or something like that. Yeah. Well, well I guess then we're still weird. <laughs> <laughs> you should be doing that. I'm actually a fan of homeschool and homeschool kids aren't weird except They're, for the weird ones. Yeah, that's They're, right. Just like, kids are weird. Kids are weird and beautifully weird. Yeah. And uh, we don't pick on anybody for being who God made them be. Number two, what are your thoughts on public school jeweling? Um, do, I don't. Do you have a jewel? I, I, <laughs> I need to sort I'm search not, your bag. <laughs> I'm not even a hundred percent sure I know what it is. E-cigarette looks like a USB. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm I'm out. I don't really have much to say about it. I it, are you in? You want to go in on that? I don't want to go in on it. I've been reading a lot about okay. it because you know my kids make comments about certain bathrooms in the school that there's vaping happening constantly. And I did read a, a huge article in the New Yorker, I think from May this year. I probably won't put that in the show notes unless I remember this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really a bad problem. It's a lot of, in a lot of nicotine and a lot of addictions. And, and I actually saw a girl at the convenience store near my house recently. She looked really whacked out and she was trying to uh, buy some jewel cartridges and her, it was her credit card was failing. And she was like literally free, about freaked out because of that. Cause she seemed like she needed it. So problem out there, parents, get your heads up on the jewels. And you know, um, here we are, we're in on it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I just read that um, the FDA like raided the yeah this, yeah, week, this, this week, week this week they raided about, their San Francisco basically, headquarters. Basically, I think what they're looking for is I, they were actually raiding, from what I understand, their um, their PR, their advertising, their marketing, yeah. because so many young kids are are smoking that they're trying to figure out are they doing something to to get this into the hands right you know is there a joe camel in there or marble man kind of are they uh, particularly uh, targeting with their social media or their ad campaigns uh children because i think officially got to be 21 to buy those from jewel directly but there is a black market number three in or out girls are smarter than boys in high school i'm in on that only to say that uh, my anecdotal evidence would say this is true 
I have some smart high school girls. I don't know if it's true, but um, it I could, don't know what the data says. It, it could be. Oh, I think the data says that girls are outperforming. I think we did an episode on uh, that called that's right. "Man Up." Yep, and girls are outperforming boys in high school. But me and my my son, your sons, they're, they're going to buck the step trend. it up. Not to bring down the ladies. We want the ladies high up, but we want to bring up the men. Man up, <laughs> number four. Public schools are the greatest secularizing force in human history. Wow. Uh, A lot of superlatives in that question. Yeah, Forgive me for that. Yeah, I'll go in on this, and it seems like this is something you 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 have an answer to. Oh, I don't. You don't. Okay, <laughs> I didn't do research on this. Okay, so I'm going to say um, close, maybe. I but I see um, I see television and internet as as high, and maybe you could say social media as higher. I, so yeah. I would say I'm in on saying maybe, but probably not. The public schools will never be secular, right? Because people are not. Although it's very awkward, very awkward to try to be That's right. neutral about everything. Yeah. Revolving gods, gods, demons, spirituality, or things like that. It's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of a naked public square is a place where we can be willfully ignorant of our own uh, 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 worshipful influences. And That's right. Is, uh, it's, it's just not... It's not reality. That's right. It's it's a little bit. Um, I love the idea of people being together from different perspectives. But you know, let the Muslim kid be a Muslim at school. Let the Christian kid be a Christian. Let the Hindu kid, the secular kid, uh, learn uh, to interact with each other and disagree without being disagreeable. Well, main topic today: education. You just got schooled. Well, here's where we're going. Uh, we want to discuss, you know, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you have options, right, in America of how you might want to educate your kids, right? Now, Jesse and I both, uh, we name the name of Christ. We're followers of His. And so there are some principles uh, for education that I think would universally apply to Christians that, that I want to start with. Uh, Jesse, because these principles, these three, now there could be more. These are just three I've written down, um, extend into the choices we make about schooling. So the first principle is this holistic whole person education is the responsibility of parents and a duty which centers on imparting our faith, our trust in God to the next generation. Uh, education then from a biblical perspective must include teaching the gospel uh, to our kids. And these are the big sixes, Old New Testament, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall teach your children, give your commandments, you write them on the tablet of your heart, put them on the doorpost of your house. When you rise, when you go along the way, we are, we are a teaching community, extending the promises and the covenants of God uh, to our children, Ephesians 6, my parents, right? Uh, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. This is the first commandment with a promise. Uh, fathers, bring your kids up in a, the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That word there means bring them up in the school of God, basically. So the responsibility is on parents, and we should never shirk that no matter what uh, our educational choices are. Second is that we should see education um, as the shaping of a whole person, right? Uh, shaping them into the image of Jesus and enable them to see life a certain way through a worldview uh, and, to, and to interact with God's world with skill and wisdom. Um, many times today, education is seen as uh, maybe vocational vo- vocational prep or way, uh, a means to making money. Um, 
we don't want to just see like, hey, why do we go to school? Why do you go to college? Well, I want to make money. Um, as parents, we want to see education much broader than that, much broader than that. Yeah, I really appreciate both of these these two principles you're bringing up because in my experience as a public school kid, uh, the holistic education being the responsibility of the parents, it, it really d- didn't seem like that. Uh, it seems much more like the, the public school parent relationship is give us your kids and make sure they do their homework. Right. Be um, active at home with yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Drive them around to things. Be, make just both, be active at home, but it was more like, Get that homework done, basically. And follow our lead. Be yep, active at home. Yep. Follow our lead. Yep. We'll take care of educating your kids. Yeah. Um, you just bring them to us. And so I, I think I, this is this is good. This is, I think, uh, absolutely biblical to see that the, the holistic education yeah. belongs to the parents and the idea that we're not just making, um, uh, we're not just producing consumers and we're not just producing producers right. uh, w- w- in the sense of you're not just running them through this thing so they get a job or the or a job that pays well or something like right. that. Right, if you think about the cycle of desire that some people maybe in our culture have, it's like, well, you want to do well in school, why? So you can get into a good college, why? Well, then you get a good degree, why? That qualifies you to get a decent job, why? So I can get a decent, uh, make a decent living, and get a house and this kind of stuff for myself as a computer and then do the same thing over and over and over for their, and, for their own children. Right. And that, and that was the vision of education for me as a kid and pretty much all my peers growing yeah, up. Yeah. Rather than that, of course we don't want our kids to be unemployable. You know, um, education does have a value in that, but we're after something bigger in the second principle, whole person shaping, right? Character, who they are knowledge, how they see the world, how they see God, how they see themselves, wisdom, right? How do they live virtuous, good lives uh, following God and knowing who they are in his mission? So it's very important. Third principle, um, and sometimes uh, folks get a little, you know, crusty about this. There are many paths in order that we can take to, in order to fulfill this duty, Um roughly statistics I looked at yesterday, homeschool children. Um, So 3% and rising. Roughly 3% and rising uh, across the board, depending on which stats you read, maybe 1.7 to 2.3 million uh, kids homeschooled. That's more than I expected. That's a pretty pretty growing trend in the last couple decades, I'd say. Um, Secondly, you know, 5.7, roughly uh, 5.7 million, roughly 10% kids are in private schools. And the private schools are predominantly from religious traditions, whether that's Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, uh, Islamic schools, um, most of the private schools. There are some that are kind of secular private schools, a lot of them in New Jersey where I used to live. Uh, but 5.7 million kids are being educated in private schools in America. And today, just around or just under 51 million, uh, obviously the rest of the pie, uh, are being educated in America's public school. So in light of that, right, there there is a diversity of paths that you can choose. Say if you have a little kid at home and you're thinking, oh my goodness, they're three, they're four, what are we going to do in terms of school? Well, you can educate your children at home, you can send them to a school, <laughs> it costs a little loot to go to private school, uh, or you can go into the public school. But But one of the things that I just want to warn us against one of the things, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot do is just, um, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to send them to public school. They're going to educate my kids, and there will be no, I don't have to model or shape my children with the gospel, right? That would be a 
a fool's errand. Uh, number two, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to send my kids to private or Christian schools without uh, modeling as a parent and shaping our kids personally with that responsibility in the gospel. Um, or believe just because I'm going to keep them at home, right, uh, that there will be no risks or difficulties uh, in educating our kids. Those things uh, aren't going to be good. Now, one of the things that everybody knows, and you mentioned already, Jesse, public schools, kind of, hey, follow our lead, make sure you do, uh, kids do their homework. Um, the involvement of parents uh, in education is just massively, massively influential. Yeah, I was hoping you would go here because even as you said the things that will not lead us towards faithfulness, uh, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, a parent who sends their kid to public school may still believe in modeling the gospel and and, and shaping their kids at home, but but not necessarily see those things connected with school right 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 and so yeah this is our religious life and that you're getting educated there that's right yeah, yeah. like you, you know i i i think that so it, there may be a fair amount of parents who uh who do still regulate and, and dichotomize the education right right the kind of the intellectual education versus the character formation at home and i think what you're trying to do is bring them together yeah no matter what choice we got i think yeah there's a holistic path and parents matter even the most secular of education associations like the national education association the nea uh openly will acknowledge that uh, family engagement right uh indicates a, a growth in student achievement less absenteeism uh confidence in their kids education uh involved parents uh lead to and this isn't just consequentialism right oh, i want, want good outcomes why i do that if you're involved as a parent your kids will do better in school higher grades yep. higher test scores better social skills and improved uh less behavioral problems so to speak and so parents um in god's economy in the scriptures are key and central to education and uh, parents we see uh, help children grow in their educational attainments whether that's at home private or public school. God gave us this responsibility, right? Uh, In whatever schooling choices a person makes, we can't punt those responsibilities uh, to either a public school or private school, or even in homeschool, thinking just because they're at home, we can't grow lazy, right? Yeah. In the way we're educating. So now the the fun thing for Jesse and I is, is that we have different stories here currently, at least. Um, our family has engaged with three different school models. Uh, we actually did homeschool one of our kids for one year. <laughs> uh, Kayla, our oldest, did kindergarten and homeschool with Casey. Um, we've had our kids in classical Christian schools when we were in New Jersey for eight years. And now we're in our third year uh, in the public school system here in Montgomery County, Virginia. And so our choices have kind of been varied Um and Jesse, you're, you mentioned already uh, the Fury family is That's right. Uh, yeah, we're home homeschooling, um, and really from the beginning. So uh, that's a decision that was surprising for us because we both grew up in public school. And um, while my public school life was, um, I, I actually grew up going to kind of split in time private school and public school, but finished out in public school, and uh, it wasn't without difficulties. The, the type of difficulties that you kind of you expect in in public school jeweling uh, <laughs> no but other things were happening <laughs> yeah, for sure. other things were being smoked yeah, um, uh yeah everything from just uh you know we we were in a pretty big school um 
and there was just a uh, it was yeah it was it had its ups and it had had its downs but overall we we didn't even consider homeschooling right right until a few years into uh our, our having kids and um and even then it had more to do with my wife surprisingly again uh just starting to feel like god was calling her um you know to so this was a shared kind of decision, but one more that Jenny kind of said, hey, I really feel like I need to do this. Yeah, so I would say that I, I was trained to teach in college and spent some, some time in the school systems and enough to where I, I was already pretty disillusioned with uh, with the way that, that our education system works and yeah. the standardized testing kind of um, drive. Yeah. So that I had some more philosophical issues that I was just going to kind of you know, try to overcome at home and have to work through. And, um, and so when Jenny came saying that she felt like maybe God was calling her to stay home with the kids, um, which was not something that she wanted to do originally, uh, it seemed like, well, maybe God is calling us to do that. So we, we, we pray quite a bit and, um, yeah. And so that's kind of where, where we are now we take it one year at a time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're not necessarily homeschool for life. Uh, but we are all about that homeschool life. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's Cam- Camping out in the middle of the week yeah, in the backyard. Because you can. Because you, you can. Because you don't have to be at school at 8, right. 7.30 in the morning. So, yep. um, let me ask you this. There, there is a wide spectrum within homeschooling communities, even in parenting philosophy. Yeah, which I didn't know that. Teaching philosophy. But I know yeah. that now. Yeah. I, I just listen to sometimes homeschool folks. and I'm like, oh, wow, that's really different than those other people. Some are like highly organized. They have little yeah. classrooms in their house. They got wall blackboards man that you know the the personality i guess of the primary leader in the schooling efforts you know, doesn't necessarily mean the mom or the dad but whoever's doing that their personality can have a lot to do with it i suppose are you guys doing any co-ops or yeah yeah a little bit so we, we kind of work a little hybrid in where um, jenny is probably a little bit more like that as far as having she's on it she's on it yeah. we've got the curriculum we've got the the blackboards and the you know we've got a room in our basement you're that's not like, unschooling or free no range. yeah so that's the far yeah. other end yeah, right yeah. the unschool movement um no we're very very much not unschooling she she also has a little co-op with uh two other homeschool moms and their kids who are all around the same age they get together just once a week so they do kind awesome. of a um a co-op together is it cc do you guys do CC? no no classical conversations that's right classical that? conversations yeah. no it's uh it's something else something else it's, yeah it's awesome conversations well i wanted to give today in light of these two first principles right holistic education the responsibility of the parents and then education shaping the whole person in the image of jesus right for christian parents um, I wanted to give some warnings, I guess, and some encouragements, right? Because I do, I, you know, one of the things when I was in pastoral work for years, we had friends that did all of these things. Um, and somehow they were all in the same church and kind of, you know, didn't, didn't go at it and judge each other and all that stuff. Um, but there are some pitfalls, I'd say, uh, some warnings, I think, that are necessary, depending on your school choice. And then certainly I want to give some encouragements for each of these lanes. So warnings for public schoolers, right? There can be a complete disconnecting of knowledge, right? So-called knowledge and the knowledge of God, right? So uh, in a public school setting like my kids, they might take calculus, but they'll be taught calculus sealed completely from any kind of metaphysics or belief in God. And so 
your work as a parent then must have some integration to it that you must be having conversations at home about science and god and and the way you, what your kids are learning in in social studies in middle school connects to the broader worldview and, and their faith and their worship so you don't want your kids drifting in this disjunction between certain kinds of knowledge as if god has nothing to do with these things and so you may need to provide your kids uh, with training and worldview, thoughtful engagement, apologetics even, to help inoculate your kids against a, a godless universe that many times they'll either be um, presented as kind of an assumption or aggressively presented by someone who doesn't believe in God and is using the educational establishment to preach right. um, that sort of sort of view. So, so Reed, let me, uh, so t- if you're going to, if you're going to get to this later, that's fine. And you can just tell me, but uh, you seem to do this really well with your kids as far as providing some of that um, more holistic uh, oversight, encouragement, training. Uh, can you, what, what are some of your best practices? What do you do? <laughs> now that our How, kids are in public school? Yeah, now that they're in public school. Yeah, I think what we do now that our kids are in public school is deeply connected to what we did with them when they were born and when they were two and when they were four. We've always encouraged uh, uh, inquiry or questions. And we've always seek, sought to answer them. And so it's very natural for our children to ask questions about God and the science and the universe. Um, so that's been a way of life for us. The other thing we've done is I've, I've exposed our kids to like YouTube videos by like Christian philosophers. Like there's some really good animated ones. Uh, by William Lane Craig that are yeah. on various uh, subjects that they're going to encounter. I watch those sometimes. You watch those. They're, for, they're pretty cool. For my right? own sake. Oh, uh, they're beautiful. They're well animated. They have cool accents. People that are the, the men and women who do the narration uh, sound really cool. So we do that. And we've uh, maintained a kind of family devotional life over the years that's been massively important for our giving space to our questions and where we can be present with each other and kind of a with the Bible open and things like that. I mean, for us, it used to be uh, dinner time and bedtime when kids were little. And now, uh, against my nature, <laughs> um, I get up early. Uh, in order. Yeah, we do it morning before school, where even if we're grabbing 15 minutes to, right now we're going through uh, the Tim Keller's book on the Proverbs. We've just been doing that for a long time, just going day by day. When we're here, we're not legalists, but we, we do that together. And that brings up all sorts of questions. And my kids know when something happens at school, that uh, there was a podcast provoked uh, not too long ago. That's right. Um, How wrong if you are? You yeah, it was like episode. a thirty-minute yeah. uh, yeah. rantology. Yeah, it was on uh, cultural relativism. Yep. It was taught in a certain class. I'm not going to give too many details about. Um, but it was a way for me to engage my daughter. And since I was thinking about it, I figured I'd share it, share it with you guys. Yeah. So those are some of the things we. So we it's did. not so much that you run your kids through like a six-week worldview class. You know, I tried to get them this summer, literally, to read "Love God with All Your Mind" by J.P. Moreland and. Both my, my teenagers, not my 12-year-old, he, he wasn't ready for that book, but both of them got a few chapters in, and my mistake, I'd say, is that we didn't structure it enough. Mm. I, I wish we may go after it next summer. Okay. Um, where they loved what they read, but I didn't say, hey, we're doing chapter one this week, and we're going to talk about it. I said, hey, I want you guys to read it this summer, and then we're going to discuss it. And so I needed a little be a little more mm. on my game, I think, with that. But overall, you're just, you're just, pop, you're just basically present with them. 
Yeah, not in, yeah, present with them, answering um, questions, that's right. pointing things out, asking questions yeah. about wh- how they're doing and what they're thinking yeah, about. Things. And as my kids engage with other kids who believe differently, and this has been going on for years as well, I talk to them about the specific issues that that come up. I yeah, mean, yeah. So you know, uh, whether they were in Girl Scouts and hearing certain things over the years, or doing sleepovers, hearing certain things, uh, gotta be careful with sleepovers, um, or or recently, you know what what kids might uh, be arguing for or against in their school, teaching them how to think about those things and to engage them because our, our hope is our kids will be good witnesses yeah. there too as well. So yeah, that's uh, public schoolers. You got to work hard on integration. And so uh, the worldview, stuff like James Sire, Universe Next Door, J.P. Moran, Love God With All Your Mind, these are that will help us to integrate and think through a Christian way of viewing the knowledge the kids are hitting up. Um, pri- private schoolers, right? Um you know, there's a tendency to believe if, hey, if I can get my kid into some sort of elite private school, uh, that maybe I can check out of their educational experience. Why? Because we have paid professionals who maybe have certain types of degrees, uh, and then I can kind of go to sleep on it because they're in some sort of college preparatory track thing. We saw this a little bit uh, in New Jersey, and so you got to be careful, right, that you're not just engaging in, you know, pride, elitism, social or societal success, Um you have to realize that even if they're in a school that has a, all our kids go to Stanford or something like that. And there were a lot of those in New Jersey. Um, our role in the education of our children must remain focused on their spiritual development, their holistic well being before God. Um, Christian schoolers warnings there. Well, sometimes parents think their kids are safe. If they're at a Christian school, I tell you what, man, I've heard of some whacked up crazy stuff that go on in Christian schools, right? Yeah. I taught in a Christian school oh. for a year after college <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> You're, the kids are not safe, right? It's not. It's not. Um, kids are kids. Kids have influences, yep. and kids have within themselves right tendencies to uh, go off the tracks. Um, and so you can't forget that uh, first and foremost, the responsibility of your home and the household of God, the church, uh, is the are the key places for the spiritual formation of kids. Not simply the school. Now there is a a great. Um, encouragement we'll see later of cooperation between uh, family and school but you can't just check out of the spiritual well-being because the the school your kids are in have christians slapped on it um and you got to also be careful not to just be what i would say it's called bubbling off your kids from uh the lost world around us and the mission that god's called us into as families um, there is a way where you can separate yourself at every level from people who aren't kind of walking with Jesus, and that is a deep, deep problem for the Great Commission or what God has called us to do as as believers. So you got to watch that in Christian school circles. And then finally, um, uh, homeschoolers. Now you can you can push back on these uh, warnings, Jesse. If you oh, like, I can't but, wait. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to push <laughs> uh, back. <laughs> you have to you have to resist the temptation to see yourself as better, more pure, or kind of prideful pioneers. Like, oh, these you're giving your kids to Caesar. What do you expect them to become? But Romans, right? Um, you put them in government schools. They're going to be slaves of the government. You come away and be free like us, right? Grace has to be extended to other families who have not chosen the way of homeschooling, right? And, and you need your kids involved in the mission of the local church and a regular flow of connecting with lost world and culture. If not, you may raise ineffective kids of relating well to those who are outside of the faith. And so, um, my warning here is about mission, not socialization. There's a goofy, I, I think this is a silly argument uh, against whole homeschooling. Well, kids won't get socialized. 
Well, a lot of the socialization maybe they get in public school is pretty terrible in formation of people. And so that critique of homeschooling, I think, is silly. Oh, you got to put them in school so they'll know how to interact socially. A well-adjusted homeschool student can be socialized through multiple generation relationships with their family, other families, and other adults in the community. But we don't want homeschool kids unable to relate to uh, lost kids, right? Um, so a missional church for homeschooler, I think, is is very, very important. I w- was trying to find something to push back against. <laughs> no, well, this is good. I mean, this for us, when we were first making the decision to homeschool, uh, really the biggest pushback internally, so this is just from our, our understanding of participating with God on His mission, is this is the idea of isolation, um, really the bubbling off that you mentioned with the private school. It's similar with homeschool, right? I mean, it's just yeah. whether that be this really tight family unit, you know, like... Or four or five family or, units. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and so I think this is a very good warning that, uh, you know, you need to figure out ways to be connected, help your children be socially connected uh, in ways that contribute to the flourishing of the child as they grow and develop and the flourishing of your community, whether that's... Uh, youth sports, um, or, or, or just, you know, playing in the neighborhood. That's right. That's right. It's a really good point. And I think, um, if you look at the, the ability to relate and empathize with people, I, even with my own kids, I've really tried hard, you know, cause they're around a lot of kids that are different than them, believe different than them, act different than them. And they do things that my kid can, kids consider to be wrong and be quite frankly, I think are wrong. Right. Right. Um, but to not see that person just as their wrongdoing, but as a holistic person who's doing wrong in that area of your life, but still, uh, needs our love and respect and our witness, right? And not just our, well, I want to stay away from those, you know, bad people, so to speak. Um, so there's a, there's an empathy, a relatability, and just a compassion. I think we're, you know, Jesus called friend of sinners, right? He just didn't say, look at these stupid evil people. I'm going to stay away. He, he walked in there with them and was able to empathize, sympathize, and speak to both the sinner and the sin and call them to a different life with God. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, with this, uh, y- you know, a lot of this depends on the parents, too. And even when it comes to when you think it, you're, you're providing a warning against um, uh, almost desocializing and, and a lack of mission, this is where, as a pastor, I will offer counsel sometimes to someone if if they really struggle. This I'm talking parents. Right. If parents aren't missional, if in the sense of a parent's aren't engaging with neighbors, if parents don't have relationships outside of their immediate family and close friends, and maybe even a, a real tight knit church, um, uh, then, then I will counsel people. You should really think about your kids, not homeschooling right. like as, as, as much now, again, there are, uh, this is just, um, not, uh, it's not, it's not for someone else to tell you what to do with your family. Right. But like, our kids kind of grow up like us in a way, not to overrealize our um, our influence. Well, I like to do that actually. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, man. Yeah. Like your kids are like you and Casey, yeah. And and uh, and and they pick up things. They pick up other things too. But um, and so like Jenny and I are pretty well connected and engaged with people, and and we're trying to live our life on mission. We just take our kids with us, yeah. And so our kids have picked it up. So they're not, they're not the kids who are, um, 
Yeah, they interact and engage with people that are outside of their homeschool co-op. Yeah, amen. And I think that's important. It is important. And so I hope you hear from us today that all of these paths uh, can be very good in fulfilling those two primary duties that, that God has given us. Um, so, But there are these warnings. Now, I just want to just fan into flame. If you've made these choices already, you're walking in them, or you're standing on the prefaces with a four-year-old and going, oh, what are we going to do? Um, I just want to encourage you today because there are great, great opportunities and great blessings in all of these choices and the way we educate ourselves. So for, for instance, if you're in public school, your family has a wonderful opportunity to live out a gospel witness with teachers, administrators, other Christians that might be there, right, who are, who are kind of in the public school, uh, and they need to see your way of life. They need to hear from you a different way of doing life rather than this consumer, producer, uh, Western secularism that we're kind of uh, drunken in the public educational system. If you're in private school, right? Educational dedication and love of learning. We were in this private school. Shout out to the Wilberforce School in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. What a cool name. Oh, man. Our kids were shaped so beautifully in their love for learning, study habits, love for God's mission in the world. Obviously, you got the name Wilberforce involved. How can you miss that? And this is a one-off opportunity to shape the mind before God with an integration between the family's values. I, I'll never forget um, uh, doc, Dr. Karen Rastusha and Mr. Hal Whitman, head of school, and Karen is the dean of school, uh, calling us before we moved to New Jersey when we decided to attend the school. And they kind of interviewed me as a dad on my view of knowledge and education of kids. And I laid it out, man, all this stuff. And, and I remember Hal saying, well, we're going to fit in great because that's, that's all we're about. And I'm like, well, we were just high-fiving over the phone. It was a great partnership for eight years. In fact, um, anybody who could do that school, I'd highly recommend it. And so if you're a Christian schoolers, right, to have Scripture uh, taught and read in class, to have a biblical worldview integrated uh, into school and learning, what a wonderful thing to have uh, goals to worship God openly and overtly with your educational realities. And finally, homeschoolers, right, the relationships and context of learning that you have is natural, right? As you explore God's world with your kids, this is something to relish. You're going to get to know your children in a way that it's very hard. Like if, if your kids are off eight hours from you, uh, every day, um, learning is not institutionalized and can become a natural love and lifelong process for your child. And God has placed the education of kids in your hands and boy, do you know it? So don't get overwhelmed, lean on each other. Homeschoolers go for it for the glory of God. But Jesse, let me, well, <laughs> what's that sound? Oh, take, take, take him take, to church. You're going to take us to church. Well, let me ask you a question, Pastor uh, Fury. Uh, nobody calls you Pastor Fury. Yeah, you're right. I'm doing that. That's, that's my new, I'm going to call you Pastor Fury. I'm okay Fury. with that, actually. Pastor Fury. How does a church community, right, who has, because you've probably met these people that are homeschool yeah. evangelists or uh, public school folks that think homeschool people are just crazy folks or something. How do you advise peaceable uh, relationships <laughs> in in a th- in a thing? There are there are certain uh, churches that are that are separated because everybody here homeschools, or certain things are yeah. unacceptable in their mind. How do you keep that in a church where you don't have schooling wars? That's how, how do you do that? Yeah. So. Um, First of all, I think what you have laid out here for us is really helpful. I think it's really important for 
for people to see that that there are many different um, possible school options that all can glorify God. Uh, in those school options, they can uh, not just glorify God, but uh, be part of God's on, ongoing mission in your community. Uh, you, you know, so number one, we like to make real straight lines. We like to just make straight in politics and anything. We just want a real simple, clean, uh, straight line. But with education, it's very complex. Uh, families are taking into account their own capacities as parents. They're taking into account the school system. They're taking into account their finances when it comes to private school. Yeah. And let me tell you, homeschooling is, I thought it'd be cheap. It's not that cheap. You're buying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> You're going to buy the workbooks, you, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, you, they're taking into account their own, uh, relationships, their neighborhood, their, you know, parents have a complex, uh, and, and taking into account the mission of God and the development of their kids and how these things inter interact. And so, uh, recognizing that there are complexities here, uh, that there aren't, uh, there, that we don't want to break off into tribalism and view the other tribes as the evil tribes that we have to, uh, domin domineer over. And so, uh, reject the straight line thinking there, the simplicity or, or simplest simplicism or something like that. You know, the <laughs> yeah, idea that yeah. this is just a simple thing. Yeah. Everything is simple and clear to, yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I would say one of the things that we try to practice, we, we by far get more, um, and this probably has to do with how, how we are webbed into our local community. Uh, but we get a lot of you guys homeschool? Yeah. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. Je Jesse lives in Radford. We're here in Blacksburg. Both are university towns, right? Yeah. Where there's, you know, lots of educated. Yeah, that's know. right. Very white collar, very uh, high emphasis on, on education. And, and our small town has an excellent school system. And so there are good reasons to public school, even just education-wise in our, in our yep. town. Uh, and so one of the things that we practice that I recommend for other people is uh, tell your own story. Um, and so, and make sure that that story is not a story about how terrible everyone else is, right? Like your, <laughs> your story. Why, why do you homeschool? Well, we didn't want our kids to be Romans and be, go to yeah, the government school yeah. where they're going to teach them to be, you know, right wing or left wing wackos or something. That's right. Yeah. So you, because you're probably talking to a mom or dad who's got kids in the school, you might be talking to a teacher. Uh, and, and so you want to, you want to communicate in a way that yeah, a public school teacher that's in a school. We've got plenty of, of Sure. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and they're not, they're not bad. Yeah, that's right. They, they're doing something very right? good. They're, yes. Yeah. They love their kids and they yeah. want to train their kids. And I've yet to meet an evil, you know, uh, a public school teacher in our church, you know, who are, who they're in it to, you know, secularize the kids or right. something like that. Right. Um, and so, so it really helps to just focus on, you know, this is something that we feel like God's called us to do for these couple of reasons and, uh, and keep it pretty. Yeah. Pretty simple. And so, uh, you know, ha telling your own story is not, you're not necessarily making value statements against someone. You're just sharing that this is where God's led us. That's right. And if, and if I would even add, if you want to evangelize, right, I, I think, hey man, if you think homeschooling is great, share that with your friends as long as it's not uh, a way you're making them the other that's bad or made some evil decision right. in light of their circumstances. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, you, you think we do this with uh, food, right? Like if I think that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in and out burger, no, we don't have those around here. <laughs> Five guys. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is the greatest fast food restaurant, which it probably it, is. It probably is. Yeah. Uh, and, but someone else doesn't like Chick-fil-A 
you know, I don't want to attack the other. I just need right, just here, right. just just see how good. And it there is. are these people, man. I'm just let's say we'll go into rantology for a second. There are people that just feel the need because they love something. They have to attack everything else. Yeah. You're not fun when you do that, right? <laughs> Look, and we're not talking about like heresy or like you know crazy stuff. Or yeah. Like, oh man, I can't believe your kids read the wrong books. I mean, come on, calm yourself. You yeah. Know, Let- yeah, that's, that's good. Let me throw one more thing in there that uh, um, fight the fight the um, the the pressure to feel ashamed. Um, and so that's another thing I would say. Yeah, is, say, say a little more about that. What, what, what are yeah. You, what are you so I mentioned how we'll sometimes get like, what are you what are you thinking? And, and I think you it, second guess, maybe. Yeah, or yeah. And you almost kind of like hide and you and you um, put away the denim jumpers when people come up. <laughs> <laughs> hide the big bus yeah. around behind the house and, a, and a, Becca, a Becca mass seven or something <laughs> put it away our professor friends are coming over <laughs> just own it I mean you chose it that's right for a reason and so if you can't you really got to be be familiar with this is why we're doing this and uh, in the same way that like you got to fight the temptation to be ashamed of your Christian faith sometimes because of the way people talk about you, whether you're public schooling or private schooling or homeschooling, right. uh, the others that in the other tribes, again, we want to reject that, but they, they, they may come at you and, and make you feel ashamed and, and just, you, you're going to have to just stand up for, it, you know, it's something that you believe in. And, and so tell your story, uh, don't view people in tribes and, uh, don't yeah understand it's complex amen amen thank you pastor fury um well as we wrap today um you asked me earlier some of the things we we do with our children there's actually a, a longer story to that but one of the things that i like to overrealize in my influence of my kids is something that we did with all our children as soon as they were linguistically able to understand and i i tell this story often when i do parenting conferences because uh it sounds weird to say that you said to a two or three year old, you taught them about something called the bifurcation of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, and by golly, I, I I do believe that a three year old can learn what the word bifurcation means, right? Bicycle, two wheels, furcation split in two, right? Um, I love the bifurcation of knowledge is something I've taught all of my children and I do think, in an overrealized way, I do think that this put them on a trajectory of life because really what we wanted with our children is not simply that they would get an education or be smart, but we wanted them to love God with their minds and to love learning. And so the bifurcation of knowledge, this is just something that flows out of some of the covenantal language of the law in the Old Testament. This is at the end of Deuteronomy 29. And it's a statement that I think my kids, we all memorized this when they were little. Um, but And then I would ask them questions. It would go like this. I'd read the Bible and say, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So if I was interacting with one of my children, Jesse, I'd say, Hey, how many, what, how many things are in this verse that are talking about? And they go to, I'm like, that's what bifurcation means. They learn the word. Um, and I'd say, what kind of things are there? And Jesse, if I'd ask you, what kind of things are there? Well, first of all, I see the bifurcation and I know what that word means. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> uh, they're secret things and they're revealed things. Right. And when you're talking to a four-year-old, three-year-old, you go, yes, that's right. They're secret things. And then you say, who knows the secret things? The Lord, our God. Yeah. God knows the secret things. And then who knows the revealed things? 
us and then we and, and our children we teach them to our children yes and god also knows the reveal that's things. right yeah you got to keep god's knowledge uh, omni- omniscient so we say yeah god knows the secret things and the revealed things we can't know the secret things but it's god's great gift to give us things that are revealed that we may have them right we may know them and so i i would say to my kids there are two things that are necessary for learning and to love learning the first one is humility And basically, this scripture says that there are things that we will never know that someone else knows. There's always, both in a human sense and certainly in a divine sense, there's always someone smarter than you who knows more than you. And that is good because that allows us to be humble. And if you're not humble, you can't learn. If you think you know it all, you can't learn. But if you think you always have things to learn, the world, God's world, uh, theology, knowledge of God, knowledge of God's creation can be a wonderful playground of exploration for the mind of those who love God uh, in this world. So number one, you have to have humility. Number two, you have to have confidence. Now, I'm not going to get into the sex, uh, sextus empiricus uh, skepti- uh, modes of skepticism, a uh, book I read in Greek philosophy, or even other uh, uh, knowledge skeptics. Some would say Socrates was he or not a knowledge skeptic. Throughout history, there are those who have kind of tried to deconstruct our ability to know things, right? Uh, modern deconstructionism, anti-realism, uh, where they say, well, can you really know that? What do you really know? Um having confidence that God wants us to learn and that we can know a myriad of things makes not only the journey of learning uh, possible, it makes it actual. God intends for us uh, to know revealed things and we should go after it with all our heart, including the knowledge of God, the knowledge of ourselves, and the knowledge of the world that declares God's glory. And all our kids at a very young age understood that. In an overrealized way, I think it shaped their journey uh, in a good way. Uh, but ultimately, uh, all their uh, smartness currently uh, is because they have a really brilliant mom. I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz them on bifurcation. <laughs> this is this is good. <laughs> Kaylin, Kai will get it. Tommy will probably get it. And uh, it's been fun to watch my own children um, go after it in, the, uh, in yeah. the, the the halls of learning. I, I, I have to confess, when we joined Valley Bible Church, there was a class, I think, I can't remember one of the members' class, where you just kind of uh, interviewed my kids on church history, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun to hear because these kids are ridiculous in this area. And that was probably primarily because of the Wilberforce School. Yeah, they were they were, they were were better versed in, in church history uh, and theology than most of the adults that have come through. Although if you're a Valley Bible Church adult and you're listening to this, I'm not talking about you. That's right. It was someone else. The brilliant theologian (laughs) that you are. You know what I like about all this, Reed, uh, even down to this last bit about the humility and confidence and this Deuteronomy 29, that we may do all the words of his law. Uh, The the emphasis that you're giving on uh, the the holistic formation, even how it affects uh, the, the character and virtue development of our children and and I got to be honest, even um, out as a dad, interacting with my kids about their schooling is mm. is changing me. Mm, I'm becoming, I become a more virtuous person when my patience is tested. That's right. <laughs> and I have right. opportunities to push through and That's trust right. Christ in that. And so I, I, I really like this. And and even the idea that uh, that public that whether it's public, private, or homeschool, uh, our kids are not just these. Um, neutral brain receptacles to have information right. poured into, but they are, 
uh, they are whole persons with bodies and hearts and loves and uh, and so caring for them well is so important. And so, yeah, man, this man. is good. Thanks, man. On Monday afternoons, uh, I do something called Strength and Courage with the Blacksburg High School football team. And we're focused on the two things, wisdom and virtue. How does life work? What makes life good? And we want to be uh, young men of character living a life of virtue. Jesse, thanks for joining me today with your ball cap, your leather briefcase. And all your encouragement. Oh, I need to do a review-ish on that leather briefcase. We'll do that. Next we'll time. do that. Maybe all right. next time. Well, the Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Send your comments, feedback, rant at us if we upset your schooling choices today. And any questions you might have, send to us at info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place on the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope you see you out there. Peace. Peace.